0: especially when I was on the Gap. There's an alert aircraft parking area, and they had all the alert aircraft in there in the parking area, and they had a fence around it. But the B-52s and the KC-135s had to get out on the runway somehow. So there's a section of fence that was open, and a taxiway to the end of the runway. That was called the Gap. So since there was no fence there, there was a security policeman there. And And oftentimes that was the... That was the junk post, and uh, it was the junk post. Oftentimes, the airmen was the ones that take care of the junk post. Uh, So Alpha 10, I'll never forget the call sign. Alpha 10 was the the gap. I'm standing out there oftentimes walking back and forth on that red line. Uh, That was across the gap, yellow, red line, whatever it is, looking up in the Arkansas sky, seeing the stars, thinking about the heavens. And I start singing that song, just out there by myself, (laughs) considering how great he was and how little I am, what a blessing that that is, I appreciate that song there, I'm telling you. And not that I've looked into a whole lot of it, you know, I just know that they're just seeing little bits and pieces of a new telescope that's out there looking at the heavens. That's putting better images than the old Hubble telescope and the images we have of the universe from from that. And if those images are images, you know how that goes. But uh, uh, some of the some of the images that come back are pretty breathtaking, pretty awe-inspiring. And I look at those, and it, <laughs> this is the way I think. I look at those and I'm thinking one of these days I'm just going to fly by there and check that out myself. (laughs) Who knows what heaven holds? But uh, the vastness of this universe, and then you know uh, we we have you know this the galaxies, um, our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, and beyond. Beyond the Milky Way galaxies, there's other galaxies, and you know in the universe itself, and just eternity. And what eternity holds, and I'm going to be a part of it. What a blessing that is! Like I said, lots of times I just like to sit back and think on these things. We're going to be in Second Peter chapter number two again, and I'll rehearse. <clears throat> There's my voice. I'll rehearse a little bit uh, of basically, and I and and I didn't see it. I mean, totally last time, uh, and I could have, cause we could have just wound up going all the, all the way to the end because the, um, it all pretty much, the whole chapter um, is, uh, you know, warnings uh, concerning the apostate teachers. And we brought out the last time some of those telltale signs of what the false teachers have, you know, what the false teachers bring. And uh, just should stand out like a, a sore thumb and the flag should fly up when, you see these things that they are a false teacher. And as we get on later into this chapter, you know, it's basically a continuing thought, uh, some other aspects of a false teacher that, again, we should mark them and avoid them when we see them teaching and preaching the doctrines contrary to those that we have learned, according to Romans chapter 16. But like I said... I've talked too much today. Uh, like I said, sound like a 14-year-old, my voice changing. Like I said, so if I squeak, pardon me. Uh, like I said last week, or like I said this morning, uh, within that sentence, we read and in, the, in this example, and we're going to go back into the example as it flows through the rest of the chapter, but there, verse number 4 you know we see in this, this passage of scripture what is coming to the false teachers, what's coming to those uh that um who, through the covetousness and the vain words and so on and so forth, is judgment, and judgment is not always because oftentimes, just like David writes in the psalms, there are he questioned why are they prospering, and we sing the song you know. You know, we don't understand why the wicked prosper and we suffer. Why the wicked seems to get by with it. And, you know, we get chastened pretty quick. Uh, but their end, the Bible talks about. We, we've already discussed that, what their end would be in First Peter. But we see their end. And payday in God's time is not always on Friday. But their payday is coming. And so as we read down through there, we've seen that and addressed that a little bit last time. But verse number four again. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment... And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment, to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil. This is where we ended last time. But basically, the same thought goes on about these false teachers. But, like I said, picking up in verse number 4, there's a a semicolon at the end, semicolon 10 to 5, semicolon 10 to 6, and the sentence ends in verse number 7. And then we have the parenthetical statement talking about the vexation of Lot and just living around it, seeing it, the things he saw, the things he heard, affected his spiritual condition. It vexed him. And that's the parenthetical statement in 8. But we see that the day of judgment, and there's a, there's a reservation that they have in verse number 9. We see the same thing in verse number 4. The chains of darkness for uh, the angels there's a reservation judgment uh, has not come necessarily yet i mean we know that there will be a time of judgment i mean and of course they're already chained they're already they're already cast down to hell but we understand and know according to the book of revelation hell will deliver its contents up <laughs> and then the judgment is reserved they're still a future day. They have been in hell since when they when and I, I thought to myself as I was reading this again and reading the commentary on it, a commentary on it, but it the commentary didn't say, but one of the things that stood out to me is the order of things. The commentator was discussing the angels and then and then Noah and what was in Noah's day, and then uh Lot and in Sodom and Gomorrah but we know where Noah was in Genesis uh, but then before that if in fact it was before that that the angels fell obviously Satan was Satan and took upon himself the serpent's form there in the garden so did the angels fall before creation Hmm. And then looking at again the order, you had the angels fall, then you had Noah's day and the world that was punished in Noah's day, and then Lot later on after Abraham, in Abraham's day. So that kind of stood out me out at me at the angels, and if, if Satan was one of those fallen angels, or Satan, you know, he, he led those angels out in rebellion. Then these, these angels here were bound. And in, in verse number four, for if God spare not the angels that sinned, again, when we read this, he's talking about the judgment that is to come in, in its context to these false teachers. And there's where we dealt with it last time. But oft times, through preaching that you've heard and teaching that you've heard, we run to First Peter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter 2. Verses four, or when we refer to the angels being cast down and bound, or we'll run to uh, verse number five, talk about Noah and the things we learn about Noah here. He was a preacher of righteousness. We learn that about him. We learn about you know the eighth person, and and I'll get to him in a minute. And then the same thing, we run to Lot that he was, uh, he was a righteous man. So we 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 learn of Noah. We learn of Lot. We learn of these angels, and we often reference this about them specifically. But again, thinking about the context, the context is what will come to these false teachers, and we see we learn more about these false teachers as well. But uh, in, in in a little bit, but let's just look back at the references here. And the examples that Peter uses here about these false teachers and kind of look a little bit closer at verses 4 through 9, 10. So, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down. In other words, these folks are not going to get by with it. Verse number 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth is shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness they, uh, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment, here it is, judgment, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Their judgment will come. And we see images of these, these people that this is talking about with coliseums full or their so-called churches, which looks like a Colosseum fool. And they get up week after week, get on the television, and preach damnable heresies Amen. to all those. And we're going to learn about those that are listening to them. We see that in this a little bit. Uh, that's later in the chapter. Those that are listening to them, they think that they're right. They think that they're okay. They're going to church. They're listening to the good message. They got a Bible. They sing the songs and they're quote unquote praising. I know I haven't looked at the thing yet, but uh, I guess something that brother Chris has uh, told me about. I think you've seen some of it too, maybe. So talking about basically showing what he's told me about it is somebody exposing these big, I forget how he put it, but the the theater light, dark ceiling, woohoo, kind of ah, get up and rock and roll that kind of those type of churches, so called churches, Amen. <clears throat> and it's right here. And those people that are out there in the crowd following this mess Amen, is right here in this book, right here in this chapter. And so, like he said, their judgment. Now a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Their judgment is coming. And then he goes in, if he spared not the angels. That sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. There's a reservation day. There's a reservation that they are going to face judgment. They're in hell now, but they're going to face judgment. We know that that's coming in Revelation. And so one of the things, and again, you know, little things that didn't take notes, but just trying to remember one of the things, the fact of that the angels themselves. Okay, so here's men. In verse number 3, facing judgment, and the angels are a little higher than man. One of the things about the angels is the angels, they didn't have any place for repentance. God just said straight to hell with you guys, bound up, and we're going to reserve you to judgment. And, uh, and, you know, and so God's judgment is a, is a just judgment. And it's just according to these angels. And then he spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So we look at Noah here. So we see the angels higher than man, but that they didn't get a free pass. They sinned, and God put them in in reservation to judgment. And he spared not the old world. He did save Noah, looking at Noah... One of the things we see in verse number 5 is the fact like Brother Glenn has pointed out with Lot, God is going to preserve the righteous. (laughs) Hallelujah. Especially in the days we're living in, that's good to know. Because there could become times around us that we question that that we see God's judgment on our society and we wonder if we're going to be caught up in it. But we can find hope and encouragement looking at Noah's example, looking at Lot's example here in, in 2 Peter. He spared Noah. He spared not the old world, but he saved Noah. And this is the eighth person. And that that popped out at me too because, again, just looking at Noah a little bit, and we've often referenced this about Noah and the fact that he was a preacher of righteousness. And I said back some time ago, talking about the men and the order, and I pointed it out in Genesis how that it said Noah and his sons and Noah's wife and his sons' wives, and I brought out the order that they got on the ship. And it doesn't say that they walked in that order, but I brought out in the point of the men obviously was the leader because of the order that it was listed in the Scripture, that Noah led his sons and his wife, and then his sons led their wives, and that we as men need to be the um, influences in our home toward godly things. You know, I mean, Noah, obviously a preacher of righteousness, he preached and only eight souls out of the whole world that was living at the time, listened. Noah was the example to his family. and But I look at it this way after I read that Peter attributed him as the eighth person. That's the last one on board. So how does that work? So think about it this way. Going back to my thoughts about Noah being the leader, Noah being the example, I say like this, and how many does this? Uh, Sometimes, I don't know if it's just because I walk fast or what, but Lisa and I will be in places, and I'm constantly looking for her because she seems to always be right here behind me somewhere, and I want to find her and see her. You know, where are you at, you know? And I'll turn one way and she'll be over here. I'll turn this way and she'll be over here sometimes. And it's just like, I want to grab her, pull her up here, so stand right here. But that being said, about Noah, think about it this way. God said, get on the ark. Noah said, okay. And he looks at his family and says, God said, it's time to get on the ark. So Noah walks up the plank, the door, if the door was the plank. But then Noah stands at the door in the threshold. And we do this. We will open the door. We, we approach the door first for our family. We open the door, but there's where we stop. And we stop there long enough to ensure that mama and the kids are in the door. So he was the first to lead them. But he stopped at the threshold to ensure that they was all on board. So he was the last one actually in, being the eighth person. And that's how I see it. It doesn't say it that way, but that's the way I see it. But there, again, is an example to we men, husbands, fathers, to our families. Look, we're to lead our homes in the things of God and then try to, you know... (laughs) Be there to ensure that all's on board, whether it's you know, our, on our knees in prayer and how we teach and our children and lead our wives. Really, a lot of responsibility falls on the man. Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, the example of Noah. You know, again, I see that. Noah said, okay, come on. God says to get in the ark, but then he stopped and he made sure all got on. Nobody stumbled. Nobody was left behind. Everybody got on board. And then he turned in knowing in his heart that they was all safe and secure on the on board. And then again, he, he, we learn of Noah a little bit more of the preacher of righteousness. He, he didn't spare the world, but he did spare. He saved Noah, the eighth person, and Noah's family. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then in Noah finding grace, then that applied to his household too. Because Noah obviously, in finding grace, led his home. And, and then we all, all of them got on board. And the door was left open for a period of time at space of grace. Noah had been preaching. The ark was prepared for Noah and his family. Now, I don't know if Noah preaching is righteous and say, I'm building an ark, but you need to build one too. <laughs> there's only enough room for me, my family, and all these animals on board this one. I mean, that could be the, the thought of it, but there's, there's only one door. There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. And again, that, that whole, whole uh, uh, picture of Christ Everything about the ark, the wood that it was made of, the pitch that was in and out. There's a lot, the one door, the one window, God closing the door. Just the ark itself, in typology, we see Christ. I only know when his family got on. And then we can preach just preparing the ark for your family. Or God has prepared the ark, his son. And we, like Noah, need to be preachers of righteousness in our home to see our homes on board. So there's so much there. and We see that, again, pulling it out of the context, we just see a little bit more about Noah. Putting it back in, he spared not the whole world, the old world. And there, because he spared not the angels, he spared not the old world, then these people over here, are going to face judgment and damnation. And their damnation slumbereth not. They will face judgment. Because you think about these people here, these false teachers. <sighs> some of them, we're going to learn, are uh, caught up, whether they just know that they're doing it on purpose, and they're doing it on purpose. I think there are some that's out there. Because of they follow after Balaam, and it's just covetousness, you know. And, and there are churches, and I use that broadly, that right there. There are, rewind, there are religious. Well, there's denominations. Let's use that word. There are denominations that, in conversation, will say, "Oh, uh, you know," and they're asking questions. Maybe they're asking me. So, what made you choose the uh, ministry as a profession? And that's the way they think. You know that being a barber is a good profession because you know everybody needs haircut. Being a mortician is a good, you know, job security there. You know, what made you choose? My my dad's denomination was that way. Somebody, you know, you grow up and you get to the place where you are thinking about a profession, and so, you know, you go off to David Lipscomb in Nashville, Tennessee, and you just go to Bible college and you become a preacher in that denomination or in the Catholic, the Catholic church. You know, you grow up and, you know, somewhere along the way, you choose, the person chooses to be a priest, and he goes off to the Arch Abbey and learns to be a priest. Uh, Or she goes off to the convent and is a nun. That's a chose. They choose it. So there are people that chooses to go down. Some people choose. They look at it like, well, look at, and we could just name the names, men and women alike. Look at them. If I've got the charisma and I've got a little bit of the understanding of the precepts of Christianity, and I can lead people, colosseums full of people to give me money. We're going to see that in a minute. Then why not go that way? You know, and that is a choice. And so there are people that legitimately are shysters and legitimately lead people astray just for their, Covetousness for their lusts, but I believe there are also some people we see that, especially some of the followers. But people that they believe, like Paul, that they were doing a service for the Lord, and they'll stand before God and say, Did I not cast demons out? Did I not do this? Did I not? and they will be when when they die and find themselves in seconds after death burning in hell, there's going to be some big question marks in their heart. Amen. Why am I here? I served God. And then they'll stand before God when they're delivered up into judgment and they'll, they'll question God. Did I not do all these things? And they have a legitimate, you know, uh, uh, thought that they are doing something for God and doing God's work, ministering to him appropriately. But there's others that are just plain out shysters. And we see that here. But God's not going to spare them. So we put Noah back in. I have to pull out, <laughs> pull out Lot here. So again, you know, there's the, the judgment of the world by uh, by the water in verse number five, and then the judgment of the cities, not the world, we know, but it's the cities by fire. So judgment is by water in Noah's day, judgment's by fire in Lot's day here. Verse number five, and spare, I see, and spare not the, no, five, six, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that should, that after should live ungodly. And we can stand here and preach and teach. Look, this is what's going to happen to the ungodly people, and they just sit there like it's not going to happen to me. <laughs> you know, I've sinned for the last fifty years of you know of life. Where where's my judgment? You'd think if I if I was going to be judged, I'd be judged by now. I mean, that's there, there's the mentality of some folks. They just think that they're going to get by with it. But here is an example. Lot's day was an example of what happens to those that live ungodly. And 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 we can stand and we can preach and we can and God in his sovereignty can give understanding to some, and some do come. Thank the Lord. We came. Hallelujah. Whether it was judgment preaching. Or whether it was the goodness of God preaching that lead us into repentance, Amen. but it was the goodness of God that judgment was preached to us. We 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 look back on it, and we thank the Lord for the quote unquote hellfire and brimstone preaching that many of us heard growing up. Cry loud and sparing not. You have the watchman on the wall that was warning us of the judgment to come. Amen. and we responded to that because the Holy Spirit said he's right Holy Spirit says that's where you're headed unless you turn to me and some of us came for fear of judgment because of just the the type of person that we were and others just plain seen us as as a sinner like has already been said However the Lord worked in our hearts, the ultimate uh, uh, transaction was our faith in the Son. We realized that we were sinners, and that's part of salvation. We understood that there's judgment to come for sinners and the ungodly, and we understood that, but, but the Holy Spirit says there is a way of escape. Amen. He's the door. you got to go through Jesus. And he pointed us to Christ, and then through faith, for by grace, just like Noah found, by gra- uh, yeah, through faith, or we're saved. Hallelujah! So, so again, and turning, so it's an example. But he delivered, and again, we see the delivery. The, he saved Noah in the delivery of Lot in the fact, and we can find help and understanding and encouragement that we are not going to face the uh, the ungodly's judgment. Amen. We're not going to see one second in hell. Hallelujah. <laughs> what a blessing. You know, I preached funerals of late, and um, I can't... Do anything for the dead. But I tried to bring out some of these things to to those that were there and a lot more uh liberty in in and Mr. Alexander's funeral than the third other funeral as far as the people goes. And I'm praying that somebody, because I'm like, you know, look. We're all going to be there. And I pointed to the casket in at Mr. Alexander's funeral. I said, we're all going to be there one of these days. And I gave them Hebrews. It is appointed unto men once to die. There's the casket. I, I say there's the casket. Because that's where it was in relation to me, unlike here. It is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, what? The judgment. And if you die lost... It's going to be the judgment that we read about for the angels, the judgment we read about for the old world, the judgment we read about for the ungodly. But if you die saved, it's a different judgment. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ because he's unpaid for our sins. We'll be judged according to our works for our reward. And yes, it's not going to be fun because we're... Judge as my fire, and there will be ashes that we stand in for our wood and our hay and our stubble, Amen. works. That's why our works should be works of righteousness, gold, silver, and precious stones, so that when the fire falls, those remain. And then, of course, it's been put in song about casting it our crowns and the crowns that we'll receive. And that's a whole other study. And the, the several crowns that are promised to those here in the New Testament of casting in and worship. Amen. Just think of Mephibosheth. And again, he's seen himself as a dead dog, unworthy of anything that the king would give him. Amen. <laughs> But he, he he was as a son of the king, hallelujah, and had had not only his inheritance from a king, <laughs> the first king of Israel, but then and then he had that inheritance, had people working that for his for his sake, but then he he sat at David's table. And we're gonna get, and so when we we're gonna be like Mephibosheth. I don't know how much of eternity, I don't know how how it's all going to be, if all we're going to do, you know, there's so much that's not there. We do know that we're going to rule and reign with him. To understand that is unfathomable. To rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Somewhere along the way, I mean, you know, he has those creatures that constantly cover their face and they constantly... I mean, every moment of eternity has called out the holiness of God, and has declared the holiness of God. Still declaring the, It will declare the holiness of God. And to be able, and there's going to be worship. There's going to be praise. There's going to be adoration. Somewhere along the way. To what extent and exact, I don't understand, but I know I'm going to be a part of it. (laughs) Because we will, you know, as we go through this, see ourselves more as Mephibosheth, unworthy. Unworthy. And when we see ourselves unworthy, then that brings the praise up. Because we are thin thankful for what we do get. We do see, and we see little glimpses of, of that handful on purpose that he he gives us along the way. <laughs> and he makes us his bride. There's a whole I mean it's all through there. Woo. A son, a bride. I mean it's just in there. Air. <laughs> there. Whoo, join there. My my my. It's just so real. Anyway, so we see Lot. Not only him and Noah were spared and that we are going to be spared and not face any kind of judgment to the ungodly. But we see, Lot, how that it says he was a righteous man for that righteous man. so on that side of it, we understand and learn a little bit more about Lot. Looking in Genesis, we're like, no way. But then... Verse number 8 helps us out a whole lot. If we can get a hold of that, and I mentioned it last time, mentioned it again tonight, that for that righteous man dwelling among them. Who was he dwelling among? The Sodomites. <laughs> the, the, the people of Sodom and the people of Gomorrah. The Gomorrahites, I guess. <clears throat> the Gomorians. <laughs> I don't know. But there, and, and again, we got to be careful when we make life's decisions about our business. Abraham come to me and said, pick a direction. Came to Lot and said, pick a direction. And instead of picking it, you know, instead of sharing the planes, Lot took all the planes. And then we see really quickly in Lot's story, he went down through there. He said the well-watered plains, and he went down there with his sheep, his cattle. And because of the strife between him and Abraham's herdsmen, thinking, okay, I'm going to have good well-watered plains. There's plenty of grass for grazing for my flocks. But not too long in Lot's life, in the story of Lot that we see in Genesis. We see that those flocks are gone. <laughs> so, lots of times when we make decisions of life, we make them on this eyesight and not the side of faith and not the guidance of the scriptures. Just what is best for me in our, in our own fleshly thinking and mentality. Men will say, I'm going to move my family down here to fill in the blank because I have an opportunity to increase in my job. And the preacher says, okay, uh, is there a good church down in that area? Oh, that would be the first thing I'd look for. is Is there a place that I could go and keep my family in church? That's going to feed me out of the scripture. And me myself out of the scripture. There've been so many people that have just moved because of prosperity and wealth. And they'll make decisions based on what they see and what they think that's going to prosper them materially. And then they lose their family. Just like Lot did. Why? Because they moved to a place away from the altar. They moved, and it never did say Lot ever had an altar. Abraham had an altar, but Lot never said Lot had an altar, but Abraham was an influence in Lot's life about the spiritual things, about the things of God. And when Lot got away from Abraham, his spiritual influence, then Lot's life went downhill. He lost his flocks. He was captured. He was restored. Abraham had to go down and restore him. Fought the kings. And said, keep all your stuff. I don't want to say that you made me rich. I'm going to give God the glory out of it all. The only thing I'm going to keep is what my people needed in the battle to eat and survive and get back. And then he he gave tithes to Melchizedek and honored God in that, in that story there. Then Lot moved into the city, out of the plains. I like what Brother Glenn said. I purposely moved my family to the country, (laughs) away from the city. Why? Teach them how to work. Teach them, keep them away from some of that vexation that's found in And around. And I know it's difficult for you you young parents. Kids in public schools. The influences of the television. The influences of other family members. Other kids. As much as we tried and we did a fairly decent job to really, 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 I mean, really watch what our kids watched. And really watch what our kids were involved in and seen and did, there were still outside influences that affected our children. Some of it wound up being family, who was in the same church that I was in, listening to the same preaching I was listening to. But their outside influences affected their family, which then affected my family, and, I, and 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 that was, how long have we been married? That was several years ago. <laughs> and to see what the children have got to deal with now. The library reading days, I ain't going to say the word. <laughs> and all the stuff that's supposed... We're going to do it and family friendly, quote unquote show. I've seen it in a so-called church. Wicked, wicked, and that's what's facing our family today. But the more that we that is out there, and the more we put in, if we purposely go to and we get around it, it will affect affect us like it did a Lot. it'll affect our family like it did Lot's family we gotta be careful in getting away from the godly things not forsaking the assembly of ourselves as the manner of some is you know and and again I put out the text about our prayer meeting and I meant to say this this morning but forgot I put uh, out the text about the prayer meeting last night look if I want you guys well and and you can pray sniffling on the couch at 7 o'clock on Saturday night just like you can pray here on Saturday night. You've got the prayer list. Pray. Stay in. Again, I'm not one that's just every time. That, no. Yes, I think we should be faithful. We try to arrange things with everybody's calendar so that we can be faithful to the things that we put out. You know, I know some folks that just seem like, and I understand where they're coming from. And, it's a, and, it, and it is a balancing act. There are men, a lot of them, some of them have gone on, but it was their mentality to keep something going on in the church all the time. And expected everybody to be there all the time. And their mentality behind that movement, if you want to put it that way, is you know keep the things and the things of God in front of the families and the children and the da 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 so that they are not out there in Sodom and Gomorrah getting vexed by. But when are you going to be able to raise your family if you're down at church all the time? And it is a balancing act. I understand that. But just knowing, and I'll just put it out there this way, Knowing, and here's our examples of where we've been tonight <laughs> Noah being that eighth person and a preacher of righteousness, who did he preach to? Who was saved? His family. There's a, one example. That's a positive example here in this, in this text. Who's the negative example in this text? Mr. Lot, who was a righteous man according to the scriptures here, but he lost his family. He lost two daughters, and I can, I'd can i have to go back and find the scripture, but apparently two sons, two sons, at least two sons, two daughters, their husbands, and a wife died in Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the other two daughters that escaped obviously was not a righteous person. They were, they were ungodly. They were, they were children of Sodom to be able to have that worldly influence in their lives to get together and conspire, say they, "Let's make Daddy drunk tonight.". Right. <clears throat> we'll make Daddy drunk, you know the story, and, and they got Daddy drunk. They got old lot drunk, and he did not know. I mean, he was so drunk, he did not know what happened when they lay down or when they got up. He didn't know. That happened two times in lost a life. And he sired two children by his daughters. And they became the Moabites. (laughs) Right? They become the Moabites and they become the uh, uh, Syrians. Yeah, Syrians. The Ammonites, but Ammon, Jordan, Jordan Jordanians, that's it. The Jordanians, which modern-day Jordanians. Because Ammon, Jordan, is the capital. So they're still alive today. They're descendants. So the Ammonites, which became the Jordanians, the Ammonites and the Moabites, enemies of God's people, You leave God's people, you leave the godly influence in your life, Abraham, Lot left Abraham, then you turn around and your offspring becomes enemies back to God's people. I've I've seen that in people that I know, relatives of mine. Going totally against their raising. They don't even carry the King James Bible anymore. They'll argue for the other virgins today. Raised in King James, independent, <laughs> fundamental, Bible-believing, hellfire and brimstone preaching, <laughs> Baptist church. Because they got away from God, they followed the ways of Lot, and just got out into the world. And that that influence of colleges, universities, uh, unsaved, ungodly pre- uh, professors, God-deniers, people that believe in evolution, <laughs> their ancestors might have come from a monkey, but mine didn't. And they preach it as fact. Teach it as fact. Instead of the theory of evolution. Like it was when I was in grade school. Still a theory. But now they teach it as a fact. Anyway. And that's what happened. For that righteous man dwelling among them. In seeing and hearing. Vexed his righteous soul. So righteous is there twice. Speaking about Lot. Lot. We wouldn't say it, but Peter said it twice, one verse. Vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. It's one thing to know that it's happening. In fact, i would have to try to find it. There is, um, I want to say it was, let me see if I can... There is a passage of Scripture in Paul's writing here, if I can find it, uh, that talks about not even speaking to it. Uh, And it gives, there it is, in in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5, 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, And hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you once, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Sinemi colon. (laughs) Neither filthiness. nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Um, For this, and I've heard that that filthiness and foolish talking or jesting has a sexual connotation to it. I've heard based on the root words and so on and so forth, but it goes on. And you might see this here in a moment. For this ye know that no whoremonger... Again, we just talked about fornication in the, at the verse number 3. And here's whoremongering, verse number 5. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Again, that's where we've been in Second Peter Chapter number 2 is those false teachers. They come out with the, the words and they can pull people away. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. That's what we see in Second Peter 2. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. But now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children in the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in uh, all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship, again, the vexation of the ungodly. If you get out there among it, it will affect you like it did righteous lot. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Here it is where I was trying to get to. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. And I, I'm a kind of a newsy person and I see, you know, read articles and things catch my attention and sometimes I shouldn't go there. As far as reading, finding out, I mean... And I I try to be careful of how I put things from the pulpit. And I try to be careful of what I bring out when children are present. And so on and so forth. But it says about speaking about those things. You know, I've been in groups of Christians. And they get to just bringing out. We know that they do it. That's one reason I didn't say the word a minute ago. You guys see enough in the news, the headlines, and to hear what's going on, but for me to to just you know, you can speak against it, which is proper, but to keep speaking it, why why let's 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 promote the godliness and not what the sin is out there, especially of the hearing within our young people. We've got to be careful of in our tomes. You know, if Things are brought about, like the FedEx driver that just let me see in the news. Terrible. And I seen the thing that were if we just watch out for just society. Anyway, a lot of things are happening. We see it in the news, tragedies, tragic things that happen. And I and I couldn't imagine the trafficking and things if one of my grandchildren went and disappeared. And you know that it happens, but to speak to it, it says not to even speak about it there in Ephesians chapter. Because what happens is, lots of times, those that are on the either unsaved and or young, or they'll get to looking into it. And sometimes, instead of teaching about all the stuff that's out there, transitions and all that stuff, instead of saying this is there and we're going to, just give them this. Because if you give them that, then they may go exploring. So don't go there. Don't speak to it. Avoid it. Avoid that conversation. Speak to these things. Go to the altar like Abraham did. Not to the city like Lot did. And lose his family. Create enemies of the church. Create, I mean, it could come back on you. Because there is a, a passage of scripture that they are going to point you out to the authorities or to whoever. And it's sad, and, 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 and that, that was before them day in and day out. It vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. So eight, and that in parentheses is, very, is a warning. I didn't think I was going to go this, but I, because there's so much here, I thought we were going to get to Balaam. not going to get there this week (laughs) but that's a warning for us be careful and if you have to speak with your spouse don't do it at the dinner table in front of the little ears you know there's times that we know what they do in secret there's times that maybe it has to be mentioned but be careful Where, how much, and who is listening? Because then it can affect you. Be that preacher of righteousness like Noah and not vexing yourself and your family with the unlawful deeds of the wicked that you put in front of you. Come out from among them. Be separate, saith the Lord. That's not. That's not, not giving the gospel to the lost. That's not not inviting the lost to come and hear the gospel, but that is not pulling up a chair under their table either, and being a part of their unlawful deeds. Well, I, I'll, I'll sit here with you, but I'm not. You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to partake of that. You know, I'll, I'll drink a soda while you guys partake of that. No. If you're going to, in fact, (laughs) I did have opportunity to to eat dinner with my old Air Force flight. And they had a room reserved for us. And people were standing outside when I got there, some faces I knew from years gone by, and I spoke to some of them and went in and you know how a lot of restaurants are? It has the benches while you're waiting to be seated. So I seen the benches, and then it had one of those bars right smack down in the middle of the place. And a fellow that I knew at the end of the bar talking to another fellow. Hadn't, they hadn't got anything served to them yet. Hey! So I walk over there and then speak to him. My wife was standing with me. It was awkward. Speak to him a minute. Whatever. Good to see you and all the whatever. And then they bring the drink. I said, down here until you know, we go. I said, no. I said, I'm going to. I said, I can't. I I I don't need to be in this area. Why not? That's why I'm a Baptist preacher. Oh, I go to a, ba-, you know. That's that kind of thing. I said, No. I'll I'll just be over here. I'll see you in the dining room. And I got away from that. I wasn't going to sit down and partake. Even though I wasn't in partaking, I wasn't going, that was not my scene. I wasn't going to vex my wife and myself any more than we were just vexed. And we need to be thinking along those lines. When we interact with society and in society, there were, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, so he vexed himself. The Lord knoweth how to deliver, verse number nine, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government presumptuous are they and self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. I'm just going to leave us with this. We'll get out a little early tonight because next time we're going to pick it up in verse 11. Talk about the angels. There's that greater power from verse number 4 about the angels. And then we're going to get into, again, uh, just more about these false teachers. And just among, and the next time around how uh, how the again they are as people, and then they the, the the you know again it's about um uh lust and um idolatry and uh what's the other one uh anyway Covetousness, Aaron. Covetous practice, verse number 14. I knew there was another word there about lust. Covetous, we're going to see that about them again, but I'm just going to leave us with this. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. There is a way of escape. When the temptations come, he provides a way of escape. And sometimes it's awkward to say to a close relative, no, I'm not. If you want to see your grandchildren, <laughs> here they are. But if you come to my house, this is the way it's going to be. No, they can't spend the night with you. I'll bring them over for you know activities, maybe we can all do something together, but they're not spending the night over there because of the influences that's there. Amen. It's hard. Trust me, it's hard because, you know, the familial relationship wants to say, well, you spent the night at your grandpa's, you spent the night at your grandma's, you spent the night at your aunt and uncle's, and nothing went wrong there. Why not let, I mean, they'll, they'll throw that up. Well, I let you spend, and I let you, and I let you, and I let you. But, yeah, mom, dad, relative, you're not, you wasn't saved. You're not saved today. I am saved. I can't. And it's hard to say no. But if you don't say no, it can vex your children. It can affect your children. You can lose them to Sodom, you can lose them to the world. Things happen. We've heard of things happening among family members. Aunts and uncles. Now don't you say anything. Now you know if you say anything, they won't believe you because you're a kid. I'm an adult. Things happen like that. Amen. Sure do. I'll deny it. You've got to be careful. Got to protect our kids. Got to protect our families. Again, even if it, if, and just like I said in Ephesians, be careful of what you're talking about because that can affect your families too. We know what they do in secret, but let's not talk about it. Let's talk about the good things. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And what we have in Christ, let's talk about Mephibosheth. Being in low to bar, but now he sits in the Let's talk about you know, eternal things, the, the things that we have in Christ. Amen. Let's talk about Abraham's blessings, Noah being saved, not about Lot. I mean, we can see Lot as an example; it's a negative example, but it's one that we in in. More and more, we see it in today's society. Just some wicked, wicked, wicked. We see, we see Noah's day. The imaginations, it's just out there. I mean, some stuff that you're going, how in the world? You, you see and you hear every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And we're here. We're here. here. Wicked. Wicked imaginations. (sighs) So there's the thoughts today. Hopefully, we can do some examination. We can look around. What's here that's an influence negatively to my youngins, my grand-youngins? What have they heard? What questions, you know, what are they seeing and what, what questions have they come to me? And be there for them. Let them be have an open dialogue. When they hear and see some things in society, they should feel comfortable to be able to come and ask, what about this stuff? And it may be like Corey ten Boone's father, a very wise man. He's got some wise say. Look it up sometime. In fact, there's a little book. And that... Cory Timboom, Boom, she said there's a preacher, and she's not a preacher. I understand that. But they hid some Jews, went to the concentration camp. She survived, went back and witnessed to some of the German soldiers. Interesting story, da da da, da, da. But I really like the, the little story that she tells of her father. She heard a term used at school. And she went to her father and asked what this term meant. She was a little bit young to understand what the term meant. And the father didn't answer directly. The father sent, they were on a train, they was delivering some watches, and there was a satchel full of watches. And the father looked at Corey and said, Corey, do you mind helping me carry this satchel? And she said, no, and she picks it up. But she's little and she's struggling, and he sees that she's struggling with it. But he gets her pick it up. It's heavy. She can't really do it, but she's trying. And then he answers her this way: "said uh, said I'll take that." But then said Corey, "Sometimes knowledge is heavy, like the satchel was for you. And sometimes you have to be a little bit older and a little bit bigger before you're able to handle." that knowledge, and she said, and he said, if you will trust me, when you get big enough that I feel that you can handle that knowledge, I'll give you the answer to your question, but not until then, and she said, okay, and that's exactly the way it is. Sometimes we as adults know, sadly, the knowledge of this world, that our young'uns are too small and too young to be able to carry. But sad to say is they're they're getting knowledgeable from sources out there, and sometimes they'll come to you and they'll ask you a question, and sometimes you have to give them that kind of answer. Look, I can't. I'm not going to give you that answer. Trust me until you're old enough I feel that you can understand that. And sometimes... You know, you have to just be very prayerful in your answer, how you answer, and how you address some of the things that they're learning about when they're away from you. Sad to say that that's where we're at today in this society. It's all around us that God's able to deliver us. Hallelujah. We just need to look for that path of deliverance. Look unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, dear God, for your love and your mercy and your graces, Lord, allowing us to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for helping folks physically throughout the week and the sickness that's been upon us, even though we still have some remnants in our bodies. Uh, I pray that you would just continue to give healing and help and grace uh, in the remnants of the sickness. I pray for Miss Debbie that you give her grace and help, and Miss Linda as well, her grace and help and healing in their bodies, that they might be uh, returned to our fellowship Pray, Lord, for our visitors this morning. I pray for the Allisons, and uh, she might go back and hopefully be an influence to her husband to maybe come. I pray that she'll come back. I pray for the Hinckleys, that she'll work in their hearts and their lives. I pray for Mrs. Alexander, Mrs. Greta, that you will comfort and give grace and help to her as she continues with uh, the business at hand and the passing of her husband. And uh, Lord, the, the, the home and the new routines and things that she faces now as a widow. I pray that you'll comfort and give grace and help and strength to her, and we'll thank you. I pray and ask that you will uh, uh, be with us as we go out. Help us take what we have learned and read in the Word of God and these examples uh, of, of Noah and the example of Lot here in this passage. Help us to be more like Noah with our families and less like Lot. And I ask and pray that you will just uh, touch our children, our grandchildren, that have been influenced by the world and continue to be influenced by the world. I pray that we will be that preacher of righteousness uh, like Noah and continue to just uh, to bring the gospel to our families and the gospel message and uh, the things of God and and set an example before them uh, that we might see them all safe in the ark one day before it's everlastingly too late. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen, amen. You're dismissed.